Peter Farley, when he kicked off this series of four on the subject of prayer, opened with the fact that being an ex-English teacher, he couldn't get away without using some long words. That led me to remember that a person who uses long words is called a sesquipedalian. (laughs) That's another long word. I'll try not to use long words, although I do have sesquipedalian tendencies. Well, here we are... Hang on, I've got to get this out. Here we are at the fourth and final point in our acronym ACTS. A, adoration... C, confession, T, thanksgiving, and here we are at the last letter, S, for supplication. Now, I thought it rather ironic that Steve asked me to do this session, as having spent 25 years in the NHS trying to get people supple, I was a physiotherapist, so before operations or after operations or to stop themselves injuring themselves again. I couldn't quite get the images of contorted people out of my head. But that's not what supplication means. So let's have a show of hands. Who thinks they could give me a dictionary definition of supplication? One, two, three... Not four, not five, not many. I'm not going to ask you, but not many. Because if you use the word supplication in regular conversation, I think you're either trying to sound super spiritual, probably from somewhere in the 19th century, or you're talking about prayer. Supplication is an old-fashioned word for request most often used in old literature in the context of weary pilgrims or tortured prisoners. And it's no surprise that the verb supplicate originates from England in the 14th and 15th centuries as the anglicised form of the Latin word supplicatus, which means to kneel. But its Middle English definition, and the one we're going to use today, is to... Pray humbly to entreat or petition humbly. Put simply, supplication is a request. And if the request is made to God, it becomes a prayer. However, the nature of supplication is much more heartfelt than a casual request. If a request is not meant in a heartfelt, fervent and earnest manner, it wouldn't actually be supplication. Supplications aren't those quick arrow prayers or the prayers at dinner time or bedtime. In a supplication, the requester asks God for something from a place of humility and desperation, from an acute awareness of inferiority and need. But note, this prayer is not a groveling from self-loathing or rubbing the genie lamp as if God were required to meet our wishes. This prayer is humble. Now, humility is quite crucial to answered prayers. 
Every time Jesus encountered humble, desperate people, he immediately met their needs. In Mark 5 alone, Jesus heals the demonic, raises Jairus' daughter from the dead, and eradicates a woman's 12-year hemorrhage. None of these requests were too hard or demanding for him. He willingly met them with compassion and power. The demon-possessed man recognized Jesus' divine nature and was humble before him. Jairus, a synagogue leader, pleaded with Jesus, falling at his feet in front of the crowds around Jesus and humbly entreating Jesus to come with him. And the woman suffering from bleeding was even too humble to ask directly, but reached out and touched. She had faith, and it was rewarded. When we're humble before God, we acknowledge our sinful condition as well as God's holiness. Because humble people pray with the right motives. So we must ensure our motives for supplication are genuine. We're warned quite dramatically in James 4, verses 1 to 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Now in my study preparing for bringing this message, I found it interesting that one of the Hebrew words, chalar, which is translated as supplication, comes from a root that can also mean to be rubbed to be worn, to be weak, sick, afflicted, grieved, to stroke in flattery as as well as to entreat. Now, have you ever prayed when you're actually at rock bottom? I have. That's when we come to God in supplication because life has consistently rubbed us down so hard We can feel worn down. Temptations can be all around us. And we feel weak. We can be sick and may be troubled or afflicted over what a diagnosis might be. Enemies and falsehoods might be ganging up on us. We can be grieved over a lost personal relationship or the death of a loved one. Or we may have a special desire that we want to ask the Lord to fulfill. Now, while flattery is not good, we may want to be humble and come before the Lord asking him for something, but adding a few more words of adoration, thanksgiving, and confession, or appeal to his mercy or other part of his character for the reason for granting it Verses our own righteousness. So you can see that supplication can encompass all the other aspects of prayer we've already covered in this series. 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 to 3 says, 
I urge then, first of all, the petitions, prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Saviour. We need to understand that supplication prayer is not always about us. They're to be made for all people as well. We can have a tendency to pray too much for ourselves and not much for others. So supplication can and does overlap with intercession. Now we have religious freedom in this country, but I suggest it's slowly being taken away from us and we're not being allowed to live quietly and peacefully according to biblical teaching. You've only got to open the papers or look at social media and see the reports of all the court cases being taken against Christians on a wide range of issues that are contrary to Jesus' teaching, but are becoming culturally acceptable in our modern society. They're being challenged because of their belief and adherence to Scripture. In other countries, Christians face persecution just for holding on to their faith, and we should be humbly asking God to, in, <clears throat> to intervene from our position of feeding, freedom. So we need to obey what God says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, to pray continually. We need to make supplications for our church and the church in general, for revival and for more people, to coming, to, for more people coming to know Christ as their personal saviour. Many churches see numbers and money as signs of God's blessing, but they forget that the dead church of Laodicea was rich. You've only got to read what's said in Revelations 3, 14 to 18. Look it up after the service. It's a whole sermon in itself. But when the church is right with God, it turns the world upside down, as we see in the book of Acts, and the culture changes. Today we must guard against world culture changing the church and pray prayers of supplication to God that we're not part of that. And the way to get prayer and petition answered is to be serious about it. Double-minded people don't get anything from him. James 6 verses 6 to 8 tells us, But when you ask... You must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. We need to make heartfelt prayer to the Lord because when he answers them, it gives us a great hope in him. At times, we may think we're cut off from God because he does not answer our petitions according to our time frame. But he answers on his time. His answer assures us of his promise to preserve the faithful and allow us to find peace in him. Psalm 143, verses 1 and 2 in the King James says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplication." In thy faithfulness, answer me, and in thy righteousness, note 
in God's righteousness, not our own. And the second verse says, And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight no living man shall be justified. Again, we see it's the faithfulness and righteousness of God that gets us anything from him. If we try to ask for something because of our goodness, then we're asking God to judge us. And if he judges us, we'll come up way short every time. We cannot be justified or be declared morally right by our works. And besides that, we don't always see the big picture. God may not want to give us something because we've been disobedient. He may not want to give us something because it's not good for us. But at times, he gives us things in his mercy to cause us to repent and return to him. We need to make our prayers of supplication and allow God to answer in his faithfulness and his righteousness. We only see the present, but he sees the future and knows the ramifications of what we're asking. Now, I love that film, Fiddler on the Roof. And in there, there's a song where Tevye is asking God to make him rich. Lovely song, absolutely wonderful. But God knows that most of us couldn't handle that well, or that the inheritance may cause our children to forget God and live wasted lives. So we need to let God be God and rejoice in that rather than in our prayers trying to twist his arm as our right of being a good servant. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We need to quit worrying. We worry about so many things we have no control over. We are to take everything to God with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving before prayer is answered? Absolutely. God wants us to trust him. And as Nigel reminded us last week, we thank him no matter what the answer may come. For we know that the judge of the earth shall do right by us. When we really come to grips with that and fall down before him in absolute faith and thanksgiving, we will start to know true peace. There are times when your world could seem to be a nuclear wasteland you can be at peace because although the world around us our flesh and the devil spirit split the atoms of our world we serve a God who made that atom and he holds all things together and he will give us beauty from ashes Philippians 4 Verses 8 and 9 says, 
Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So when you pray a prayer of supplication, try and remember to begin with adoration. Peter encouraged us at the start of this season that adoration helps us refocus the mind and our heart on the nature and holiness of God. If we allow ourselves time to sit in God's presence, God will orientate our heart towards his will. And in our prayers of supplication, we will be asking for the things he wants to give us. To confess our sin. If we come to God with hidden sin, ask God to reveal that sin to you. Then confess it and give it up to him. Remembering who you are and why you need God is an active form of humility. And Gary reminded us, we can also confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and his goodness to us. And Nigel spoke to us about thanksgiving. Thank God for all he's done for you in the past. The things he's doing now to sustain you. And for the things he will do in the future in which you will play a part. Remember that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us so that we could have that direct relationship with the maker of the universe and all that's in it. And then we can ask God for his will. But don't be afraid to ask him for whatever you want. If you have praised and confessed and thanked God, your heart and mind are suppliant. And if you recognize the aspects of God, sorry, long words, omnipotence means that God is in total control of himself and all of creation. Omniscience means that he's the ultimate criterion of truth and falseness, so that his ideas are always true. And his omnipresence means that God's power and knowledge extend to all parts of his creation, so he himself is present everywhere. And together they define God's lordship, and explain why we can be so humble in such awesomeness. Supplication binds our hearts to God. It strengthens our faith and provides an avenue to grow by asking to receive truth. Supplication will help you remember that God longs to communicate with you and he promises to meet your needs. Philippians 4.9 says... And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches 
of his glory in Christ Jesus. But if you remember nothing else from today, remember that supplication is heartfelt and humble. We can do nothing in our own righteousness. Acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Let's practice them all in response to God's unconditional love.